loves me, he loves me not, he loves me, he loves me not. I don't remember sitting with the other children. I remember the small feeling of Philemon's community center, the general store and the firehouse all butting up against the lawn and playground. The woods was at our backs, and sitting there in the grass and field daisies, it didn't occur to me that there would be another open space on the other side. Even then, I did not have the nerve to play out the fortune little flowers and weeds had for us, to pull them apart, to make them bare and ugly seemed cruel, only then to expect a reading like that of the stars from them. If I pulled it up from the ground, I needed to preserve it in some way. Even then, I felt indebted. So, instead, I practiced the tender dexterity in my fingers to carefully knot the stems of clover into necklaces and crowns. Wearing these small things could be a kind of upholding, a kind of caring. I'm Allison B. Young, and this is Gathered, Storied Botanicals. I opened this episode with a passage from a piece I wrote in Chicago while I was still in school. I had intended to put together a different topic for this month's podcast, but life has a way of changing plans for us, and at the risk of getting overly personal, I'm feeling an immense heartbreak And with this heartbreak, a lot of old, painful memories have flooded back. I'm in the thick of it, and I don't see a way out. This piece I wrote is called Girlish Notions, and it became something of a hybrid writing, part personal essay, part poetry. I'm not much of a poet, but I developed a deep sentiment for this piece because it gave me an opportunity to break from a linear narrative form in order to take associative leaps and to jigsaw memories together that offered me some kind of solace and hope to reconcile, to heal, and to find a kind of redemption for myself. This is also the piece I wrote that first showed me how interconnected my writing is with arranging flowers. Catharsis is the deep, jagged root shared by both. So if you'll let me, I'd like to revisit girlish notions, share it with you in hopes of finding that solace, and maybe even offer it to anyone who may know this feeling and is also looking to heal. I also offer a warning that this may be hard to hear for some, so Listener discretion is advised. Girlish notions, or an excruciating faith. He loves me, he loves me not. They came to us wrapped in foreign newspapers. They came from Holland, of course, but from Colombia too, Japan, from Israel. They came to us in coffin-sized boxes with ice packs tucked around them. We carried them into the shop like pallbearers. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. There are rules. I don't know them all, and the ones I do know, I don't know very well. 
cut stems at an angle so that they can drink more water. Odd numbers are always more pleasing to look at than even numbers. Always go with odd numbers. Just like fairy tales, three is a magical number, not two or four. He loves me not, he loves me, he loves me not. I don't typically read nonfiction. Whatever the reason, I pulled it down from the shelf and opened it. It made me nervous how I felt for those girls, how I hated them at the same time. I kept going back to the crime scene photos, the mugshots. I hate how familiar Manson looked, the smile he had. I've seen it in real life, worn on another face. I hate that sometimes I think, could I have been one of those girls? He loves me. Tulips keep growing, even after they've been cut. He loves me not. Altarpieces for Sunday service need to be triangular in shape. Some churches, the ones out on John's Island draped in Spanish moss, won't let you stand on the altar to place the flowers. So you must try to direct the crabby old women whose cardigans are always buttoned all the way up. They know the rules better than I do. He loves me, he loves me not, he loves me. I had never been asked out before. The flattery of it. My own hubris, maybe, got the best of me because I didn't hear the challenge in his voice. You seem smart. His smile. I didn't see that his narrow gaze, almost sleepy-looking, was close to pinpointing my weakness. He was deciding how to use it. He loves me not, he loves me. Blush is often a point of contention between a florist and bride. No one quite knows what shade of pink it is. He loves me not. They go by many names. It makes them shapeshifters. Hanging amaranthus, amaranthus caudatus, tassel flower, cat's tail, velvet flower. Love lies bleeding. He loves me. I thought this. I was certain. But I've been wrong all this time. What else have I been wrong about? He loves me, he loves me not, he loves me, he loves me not. Years later, while wandering the art museum, I was stopped by a painting, cast in a gold sheen, the way morning sun shone in Savannah, the way the sun shone in Savannah that morning. The brushwork was all I had to discern sky from land. A blue heron that looked too small for the composition burst from the waters and tall grasses. Not because she caught a fish or spotted an alligator's gaping jaws, but out of some mystical, God-fearing conviction. She looked as though she had been pierced by some invisible arrow on a string and was drawn up out of... Was it ecstasy? No. She was wrong to believe it as that excruciating faith. That happiness must be at the end of the string. I was wrong that my magnetic, 
migratory sensibility could have taken me there. No matter the pain, no matter the withering from fear, no matter the harsh light dimming, or the rattle of my chest when I ran out of air. I too had leaned back and opened my wings. He loves me, he loves me not, he loves me. Dry pack peonies. As strange as it sounds, keeping them wrapped in newspaper and out of water can preserve them a little longer. They are so fleeting. They open, reveal themselves, then shatter. He loves me not, he loves me, he loves me not, he loves me. No one could tell me otherwise. His roommates warned me before it happened. We drove stone to the Kroger on Gwinnett Street in search for honey crisp apples. He's going to hurt you, they said. Then they explained it after the fact, when they unlocked his bedroom door to let me out. They looked sheepish, embarrassed for me, and tried not to look at the bruises peeking out from my underwear, or see that the drug hadn't worn off me yet. I stood barefoot in the soot from the spilled ashtray. I looked bare and ugly. He loves me not. Their meaning is as varied as their names. A sunflower can symbolize pure thoughts as well as false riches. A peony can mean prosperity, honor, also anger, shame. Me. I went back. I don't know why I went back. He loves me now. He had slipped something in my drink, they told me later. A test of character, he said, when I asked why I felt so heavy, why the room looked the same, but I couldn't recognize the angles of the walls. His smile twisted down in a gnarled turn. The knotted weight of him came down on me with the covers and the walls. The friction of skin. His underwater voice pinned me before I could understand what I never learned or should have known for this test. I didn't know the rules. If I passed, would he love me? That cry, the last part that belonged to me, escaped. Sharp, instant, from the belly, it struck the throbbing darkness. His hand sealed my mouth and nose, and he held it there until he knew he'd pinned down my weakness and used it on me. The frantic thrashing of bedding sounded like a flock of birds taking flight. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. The stems of clover were so thin, they bent and snapped easily. I managed a few knots and even got it to fit over my head as I turned back to the dense woods at the edge of the playground. I thought of those wilted, floppy clover blooms when I made boutonnieres for weddings. Those late nights at the design table where my fingers were stained green-brown pricked and bloodied from the pins and swollen at the knuckles. I didn't mind so much the raw, 
rough fingertips were the early warnings of arthritis. It was pinning them onto the men that made me so nervous. I never got used to walking into their hotel rooms. Often, they didn't even know my name. They were only half-dressed when I arrived, and I stood there aimlessly in the room, waiting for them to get ready. I went to them with this very small thing I pieced together from the ground. I touched their chests, pinched and pulled at their dinner jackets, at their tuxedos in this close, strange, innermost way. And they watched, looking down at me. Most of the time they smiled, but I tried not to look at them as I slid the pin through the stems and into the fabric. And without thinking, I always ran my hand down them to smooth their suits, to make sure the boutonniere was on straight, to sweep away any mark I may have made on them. He loves me, he loves me not. I must have failed, walking home in the glare of morning with a vague limp and smelling sour. I go back to these overused memories, even after they've yellowed and smudged like old newspapers. Even though I can't quite see his face as clearly, I recognize the smile, the challenging and knowing. I've seen it reflected in all of their faces. Maybe it doesn't matter that the ordinary field daisy has 34 petals. The test never ends. He loves me not. Gathered Story Botanicals is a mostly monthly podcast written, recorded, and produced by me, Allison B. Young. Original music by Raven Bauer Durham. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you allowing me to share this writing. I feel grateful to read it in this heartbreak. While I don't know a way through it, I can see that I allowed myself to grow deeply close with someone, to offer them a love I did not think I was capable of. I wish it had been enough, that I had been enough, but I see the distance that I've come and that healing is possible. Thank you again, and until next time.